Hello. Welcome <laughs> to podcast. <laughs> podcast. 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 The podcast that is the most podcasted pod. <laughs> podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I don't know what this is, but I'm leaving it in. I'll tell you what it is. What? Hello and welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and his buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. I'm CJ. And I'm Amanda. <sighs> oh, we quarantine week. <laughs> My quarantine is coming to an end. Yeah, same. What episode are we up to? 26, I believe. So this would be quarantine week 14 or so now? Yeah. 13, 14 weeks. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm going back into it effectively at the end of this week because I only have to go to work for one more week and then I'm back on leave. Well, lucky for some, my quarantine is coming to an end. I actually have to go to the office next week, which I'm really just like not looking forward to. I've already been told that there's a COVID risk. So I'm like, yeah, great. Thanks. Let me go in and get sick. It'll be awesome. Yeah. Well, I have a sore throat right now, so it might be too late. Excellent. I hope not. You know how many people we interact with in the past two weeks yeah it's a lot of people I have to call and be like sorry <laughs> well i mean we did we did uh go interstate not last week week before bloody new south wales people gave it to us yeah i mean maybe maybe i mean it's quite likely that it's just a sore throat probably from a combination of having to get up in these cold mornings mm. that my body's not used to um well you know it's probably most definitely the coronavirus it's going to straight on to paranoia I kind of regret, I've been holding on this story for a while about paranoia and conspiracy theories revolving around the coronavirus. Mm. Kind of regret I didn't do that one this week now because this preamble is... Is perfect for it? Oh, it doesn't matter. I've had it for a long time. It's been sitting there, but it was bookmarked on my phone and I kept forgetting it was there whenever I was looking for stories. (laughs) I actually have one bookmarked about 5G and Telstra, but I don't know. I just haven't been bothered with it because it's so stupid that I'm like, I don't know if I really want to talk about it. Yeah, my my one's a bit funny. It relates to just stupid shit. Kind of like how uh, you see people on Twitter yesterday, it was trending Captain America foretold of coronavirus because in one scene in Captain, in the original Captain America movie in 2011, he's in like Times Square mm. and there's in the background a billboard of a Corona beer and then a thing that looks like the coronavirus, like you know, like the virus in that little circle that sticks coming out of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, one guy I sat down and worked out, it was a pastor ad. Oh my God. But... It totally predicted it. <laughs> well, I wanted to tweet that, well, yeah, and where did coronavirus first hit bad? Italy. But I also <gasps> thought to myself, don't. don't encourage them. Because that'll, yeah, it'll just encourage them. But someone else already tweeted the same idea. So I was like, well, someone else already beat me to it. <laughs> but I could have had those 700 likes. Oh, okay. Because that's what life's about, right? It's likes. Look, I've never cracked 300. On, I, that's my highest. I don't, I don't think I've ever had anywhere near that amount. The most viral I've ever gone is 300 likes. I just don't care. I want to do it once just to, for the novelty. <laughs> okay. Is there anything else? I mean, if you want, we can bother with tales of finding a bike battery. <sighs> no. If they say... It's only a little bit bigger. It should fit. Don't believe them. Just get the exact same size battery. <laughs> we watched a couple of movies last night. Yeah. What did we watch? Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, which you which didn't Which I for. did not appreciate. You know what? I, I, I take that back. First half, I was like, okay, I'm here for this. But the ending's kind of a... Eh. Yeah, the ending just like ruined it for me. I'm like, are you fucking serious? That's where you went with it? I just felt like there was so much potential to go like different ways. I'm I, I will give fan. you that. No, I, I do think like, yeah, the ending's a bit shit. 
Yeah. Like they move the big reveal that like all there's all this like government controlling everything and it's yeah. like around the world and then they just do really nothing with it. So nothing at all. It was I did like that um the woman from Alien was like the director. Well that's probably a spoiler actually, take that out. <laughs> I mean, it came out in 2011. It's been out a long time, I think. Yeah, okay. It's been out since 2011. You didn't know that by now. I, I do. I, yeah, look, as someone as who hasn't seen a lot of shit, people talk about stuff and it's been out for a certain amount of time. After a while, you can't be like, I spoilers, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be a cut-off point where it's like, well, you've had however long. Yeah. <laughs> you can't care too much, right? Exactly. But, I mean, I won't say what the ending was just in case because that's kind of shitty, but, like, the ending was just so meh. It is also the... um. The whole movie was marketed as just like a haunted house movie kind of thing. Oh, so like the government conspiracy stuff. None was of that not... was in the advertising. Oh. I think that's why it was more of a big deal when it came out. Right. Because okay. everyone was just like, oh, it's about five kids who go to a haunted cabin in the woods and get like killed. Oh. So that's what Because that's not what was. the movie was at all. No, it's not that about that at all. It's a parody of that. Weird. Okay. Maybe that was deliberate though. It was. Yeah. Okay. That was the idea to like. Because you remember you read that trivia? Yeah, where they were saying like the opening scene was meant to confuse everyone. Right, okay, I'm with you. You think of the wrong movie? Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, but I, I have to admit, if you haven't seen it, I'm not sure I'd tell you to go see it. It's, it was okay. The ending really kind of meted, meted out for me. I just, I don't know. And then we watched The Matrix. Which really holds up. Yeah, really good. For being a I think 21-year-old I, movie. I think I enjoyed it a lot more. This is only the second time I've seen it. Okay, I've seen it more than that. I've only ever watched all of them once. I enjoyed it a lot more this time watching it. I think one, having the knowledge of where it goes, even though this first one wasn't built with a sequel in mind, and then also just being a bit smarter, because I watched it when I was like midway through high school. Mm. I don't think I was really grasping paying the attention concepts. too well as that and, you know. Okay. So I thought it was a much, like, I remember enjoying it, but I think I enjoyed it a lot more in the second watch. I was, yeah. Okay. Um, and it was really cool because I know Sydney a lot better now. Yeah, so it, it is kind of cool to be like, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew. The only part I remember on the first view that I recognized as it being filmed in Sydney was like that first shot where he's leaning out the building. I was like, oh, yeah, that's mm. Sydney. And there's like an overflying shot. No, of the whole thing's I didn't in Sydney. Yeah, the whole thing's in Sydney. Yeah. It was so fun the whole time. I'm like, oh, I know that street. That's there. <laughs> that bar like's there. That's where I got my tattoo. That's blood and blood. I think that was probably a deliberate choice so that people wouldn't recognize it. I think it's pick a city that people, it's a, like Sydney's a well-known city worldwide. Okay. Yeah, but like people don't know the streets of Sydney. Exactly. So I feel like that's the idea where it's like, it's familiar, but it's not quite right, which I guess is yeah. like the whole idea of the Matrix would be. Exactly. When it's a predominantly American audience. Yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, I know this place, but I don't know this place. So it's awesome, <laughs> Matrix. Um, I don't know about some of the interiors. I think they were definitely filmed probably back in America or something. Some of the internal parts. I don't of think so. Films, I think but... the whole thing was done at Fox Studios in Sydney. Oh, okay. Like the shootout scene in the lobby. That's definitely like I've seen that lobby in a Sydney office building before. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I'm pretty sure the whole thing was done in. But in you know Sydney. when he picks, they pick him up into that bridge and it's pouring down of rain. Mm. That's right next to where I got my first tattoo. <laughs> yeah, so um, I don't know. I, I I like the Matrix. I kind of do wish they had left it at the one movie. Personally, sequels weren't as good. Well, we'll find especially out the week. third one. Yeah, the third um, one's a bit weird. But yeah, <laughs> but um, I forgot what I was gonna say. What are your stories like this week? Man versus animal. <laughs> All three of them. All three of them. Okay. One now Australian, two Kiwi. I mean, I kind of wish that like we had had like a whole theme throughout the episode because I don't like that at all. Should have saved my wombat story for this week. Sorry. <laughs> it wasn't my intention. It just happened that way. 
I've got two really short, really, really silly ones, and then we're going to talk about Peter Falconio in the middle. She's oh, yeah. come up again in the media. I totally know who that is. You don't? I know the name. I think when I start telling the story, it'll become very familiar to you. You Probably. might just not recognize the name entirely. Oh, you might not have been living in Australia at the time. It happened in 2001. No, I wasn't here. There you go. Maybe. Maybe not then. I was in Lay. Is that in New Guinea? It is. Okay. <laughs> I almost died three times in that town. <laughs> okay. Why? Why? Yeah. I almost got bitten by a snake at school. I almost got shot and I almost got hit by a vehicle. Jesus Christ. Two of those happened on the same day. <laughs> oh my God. Which was also the day we were leaving Lay on the way to the airport. Who should go first? What's your last story like? Is it funny? Yeah. Do you want to go last? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'll go last. So I'm pretty sure you started last week. I think so, yeah. Okay, so I've got a story. It's about probably the dumbest criminal I've ever heard. Are you ready for this? Well, we've had some dumb criminal stories on this, this show is, before. This, this one's really particularly stupid. Okay. Okay. A South Australian man was pulled over by police in Port Augusta after officers noticed that the car had a fake number plate made out of paper and stuck to the car with sticky tape. <laughs> Why would you bother at that point? Like, just... It's probably less suspicious to be driving without plates. <laughs> I've seen so many cars driving out plates recently as well, actually. Yeah, I, I feel like that's going to like draw less attention to you than having a fake one that's made from a piece of paper you've written on it and stuck it on with sticky tape. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> Was it made in crayon? <laughs> I don't know, but it's just so Is silly. there a picture of it? Uh, let me have a look. Mm, no, there is, but they blurred it out. That's really annoying. I want to see what it's made of. Yeah, no, you can't really see it. They've blurred it. Okay, anyway. The 31-year-old man was driving a BMW, and when the police checked, he was driving on a suspended license. Was that also made from paper <laughs> and sellotape? I wish it should have been. It should have been. Um, Still laminate, he's got sellotape. <laughs> this and the fake number plate was enough for police to decide to search the vehicle. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine why they thought this might be sus. Did they find paper mache drugs? <laughs> Oh, man. While searching the vehicle, they found a butcher's knife. You know, like the big, yeah, like a big like meat rectangle yeah. meat cleaver kind of thing. Yeah, one of those. Okay. Scissors, a syringe, two other assorted knives, and a stash of drugs. Well, I was kind of right about the drugs. Yeah. I'm just, there's so many things that could draw attention to you. Just maybe stay home. I feel like he's not the brightest tool in the shed. And he's thought to himself. Not the brightest I'm... tool in the shed. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably how he'd phrase it. <laughs> And uh, he's like, I need to drive somewhere, but I've got no plates. So I must have spent a license. I'll make a fake one and then they won't notice. Totally. He was arrested and charged with driving without a license, driving with false number plates, driving an unregistered and uninsured car, five counts of carrying an offensive weapon, weapon and possession of controlled drugs. That's the entire story. I just thought like, how dumb do you have to be? Driving unregistered is an expensive fine. Yeah. I got it once and they gave me half of it. Jesus. How much was it? 640 bucks. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't even know I was unregistered. I also didn't know he was trying to pull me over, so that didn't help either. He was mad by the time I worked it out. I think he thought I was getting into a bit of a car chase first, because I was just like, I kept swapping lanes to try to get past me. Oh, right. I had no idea he was trying to pull me over. I thought he was trying to get past. Couldn't you just like pulled over to the side of the road anyway? No, there was traffic in the way. Oh, so where were you, where was he expecting you to pull over anyway? I don't know. I was on um, Gladesville Road. Oh, okay. Okay. And I ended up turning right at a set of lights and then stopping there instead. And so the switch comes, we're like, what's all in your road rules? I'm like, fuck, man, you're pulling me over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was funny. Just so many errors made. 
Yeah. I, did, I think it's just mostly the paper number plates that get me. If you're trying to be inconspicuous, this is not the way. <laughs> Like, do you think he used a real number plate that he had as well? Because it was. Or well, he just made one up. He just made one up. <laughs> Probably made like cop killer or something. Oh well. god! So of course that be see it. Maybe that's why they blurred it because it was like something offensive. <laughs> <laughs> or, it's just, or it's like some political stance they don't like. Or, or yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it was, but this guy's dumb. A cab or something. I don't. I just don't know what he thought was going to happen or how he thought he was going to get away with that. First cop that sees you with fucking paper number plates is pulling you over. <laughs> Paper number plates sounds like a band. Let's start a band and call it Paper Number Plates. Well, my first story also involves the police. The popo? The po. Uh, this is a bit of an older story from January 3rd, 2019. Okay. And I got it from the TV Twan Sun. This is the one you asked me if I'd heard of. Yes. And I hadn't. Now, I've never heard of TV Twan Sun before either. And if you just told me the name, I probably would have said Chinese. But it's actually a Vietnamese newspaper based in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think from what I could quickly gather, they were the first Vietnamese language newspaper distributed in Melbourne. Okay. So I assume there must be a sizable Vietnamese community somewhere in Melbourne. I'm sure there would be. They've got like a TV station now as well, and they've expanded, mm. and they do um, they do actually do articles in English now. But they focus mainly right. on like news and stuff for Vietnamese migrants who come to Australia. Okay. But they do stuff Explains in English. Explains why now. I haven't heard of it. Yeah. So they've been around a while. It started like 1986, I think. Wow, okay. Yeah. Who knew that was a thing? Yeah. They're actually initially just like a TV guide, like a translation of the TV guide. And then they started doing news stories. And then okay. about 10 years ago, they also started doing English news stories. Interesting. So, yeah. TV Twan Son. Okay. And Twan Son, I, 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 mean, I don't know a lot of Vietnamese language. I don't know any. Sounds so. like that to me just sounds, from what I know, of learning Mandarin Chinese. But What does bit, it mean? I don't know. I did say, but I forgot. <laughs> um, but I think at some point in its past, China controlled the Vietnamese peninsula. Okay. So it might be like residue from when they were in control of like leftover language. I don't know. I, not yeah, what the I story's about. I, I, That's just I was going to say, I feel like I know, I know nothing, so I'm just not going to comment. <laughs> I have no idea. Walking down the street of a Perth suburb, a neighbour was shocked to hear the yelling of a man repeatedly screaming, Why don't you die? Accompanied by the sounds of a screaming toddler. Oh my God. You should see the blowout on the audio, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sensibly, the neighbour dialed triple zero and had the police attend. Oh, I know this story. I know this story. <laughs> Not before long, multiple police units arrived on the scene with their red lights flashing in the hot New Jersey night. No, wait. As I said, that's not right. It was a Perth suburb of Wanneroo, Australia. Yeah. And it doesn't actually say what type of day it is. Okay. <laughs> but I like that song by Bob Dylan. Okay. <laughs> Social do you, do you media. Do you want to do that again? Or? No, no, that's how I scripted it. Oh, okay. I actually wrote that. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Keep we'll going. leave this part in, though. <laughs> <laughs> Social media lit up. A tweet that would soon be deleted showed the police log. It said the following, quote, Police spoke of all parties who advised that the husband had only been trying to kill a spider, of which he has a serious fear of. The man apologized for inconvenience to the police and that there were no injuries cited except to the spider. No further police involvement required. The man and type of spider involved remain unidentified. <laughs> Oh, it's me. <laughs> this is something I would do. That's it. That's the whole story. I Not love it. it. I love it. The whole thing is great. It's one of those like classic Aussie stories that go around every now and again. <laughs> Why wasn't Look, the wife trying to kill the spider then if maybe she wasn't home? Who knows? Maybe he was trying to protect his wife from the spider. He's got a phobia of spiders. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, I it's feel like, like here, I get rid of the spiders. You deal with 
cockroaches. cockroaches all right that's the bargain that's how this works <laughs> i don't like spiders either and i really do feel like this is something that i have yelled in my lifetime while killing a spider so i i can relate on a number of levels I, you know what? and why is the toddler screaming his dad's screaming and in fear so of course the toddler's gonna yeah. go like oh. plus like toddlers scream because they want to like you know kids do that but i do i do appreciate the fact that his neighbors were that worried about their well-being yeah I feel like a lot of people would just hear that and keep walking. And just be like, eh. None of my business. Yeah. <laughs> this is bringing it back to a really depressing place, but do you remember uh, the Lululemon murders? This was in America. Oh, God, yeah. And the people on the other side of the wall in the store next door heard the entire thing and did nothing. Yeah, well, this girl was brutally murdered. 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 <laughs> murdered with literally, what, 300 and something cuts? And it yeah. wasn't until the last one that she actually like, died. Like, it was a brutal murder. And they just stood there listening to the entire thing going, well, I don't want to get involved. If you want to listen to that story, Mini Morbid did a good one on it. Or Morbid. I was going to say Morbid. The morbid, podcast sorry. Morbid. They, um, they do Mini Morbids, which is where you got confused. Yeah, But, but it wasn't a Mini. I had issues listening to that one. That's probably one of the... There's only been, like, two that I've... There's only one that I've ever fast-forwarded through and, like, one that I've had trouble listening to, and that was the one I had trouble listening to. Yeah, I had issues listening to that when they were describing what happened to her. Yeah, it was was tough. Um, A tough listen. Though we listened to another one where they recounted it the other day when we were driving. Yeah, but that was a lot less graphic. So that might be a better option. That was, um, and that's why we drink. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure plenty of podcasts have covered it. Yeah. Um, but little lemon I'm just, yeah, that's why, I, that's why I took away from that. Like, at least the neighbors were actually concerned about this guy screaming. <laughs> at least someone was looking out for each other. Like. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, f- I feel like I've absolutely screamed, why won't you die at a spider? Look, spider's a serious business in Australia. You can't can't not take it seriously. Well, that article mentioned that Australia's got one of the highest populations of arachnids in the world, especially as a ratio of spiders to people. And we have the deadliest. Yeah. Think about that. I think spiders are fascinating, but yeah. You know, I'm not particularly fond of them. I wouldn't say I'm afraid of them, but I'm not. I don't want them on me or anything. I've grown up in Australia. I have a very healthy fear of spiders. You know, you're, you're taught that from quite a young age to stay the fuck away from them. <laughs> So I have a very healthy fear. I don't want them in my house. I don't want them anywhere near me. I don't care what kind of spider it is at this point. They just don't belong in the house. So, you know, I feel this I feel this guy. Does it annoy you when I pick them up on paper and take them outside rather than just killing them? I mean, it depends on what kind of spider. Well, things like redbacks and stuff, I, I'll kill them. The thing is, like, you know, redbacks and funnelwebs and stuff, while they're native, they are not in any danger, like, population-wise whatsoever. You can afford to kill them if they're in your house. Funnelwebs, you probably shouldn't. You should probably take it to the hospital. But whatever. If, if it's between you and the spider. Yeah. Fucking kill it. <laughs> By the way, if that didn't make sense to overseas listeners, you should take funnelwebs to the hospital so they can make antivenom. Not to I don't know if that's a thing that happens everywhere. Uh, probably, but maybe people are less aware of it. Yeah, it's definitely a thing that, like, you, I, I, I've heard about it a lot, that you should take them because they need them for antivenom. I'm sure most people just kill them. If not, the unis would probably be interested in them. Yeah, Stay definitely. I was watching bot fly removal videos last night after you went to bed. Why? I like so them. They're so gross. Weird. They are, but they're kind of satisfying. And one of them was talking about how she was having a bunch removed from her arm that she got while she was like doing research in South America. And she was talking about someone she had read about the night prior who... He contacted the local university and just said, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm happy to keep these in my arm for you guys to study them if you want." Ew! What is wrong with people? I mean, they don't harm you; they just leave big holes in you. Why would you want that? I don't know. Have a science. No, thank you. 
I'm trying to think of segue. <laughs> Look, this story happens in the outback. Actually, are there spiders in the outback? I feel like no. I feel like it's the more humid areas. I mean, I feel like there's probably spiders. There, I feel right? like there's probably more like scorpions and shit. Same thing, sort of. Not really, but kind of. More closely related to each other than other things. Yeah. They've got like lots of legs and can kill you. And you know what else has lots of legs and can kill you? What? Peter, whatever his name is, <laughs> I assume. Um, Peter was not the person who murdered. He was the murdy. That oh. felt weird coming out of my mouth, and I'm never going to say that again. Um, Professional murdered man. <laughs> so the reason that I thought to do this is because I found an article this week that was about Peter Falconio, and I think most people in Australia probably know who he is and what happened. But I am going to do a quick recap for people who don't know. Like me! Yeah, so, I mean, I after I asked you and you didn't really know who that was, I'm like, okay, well, a recap is in order. But I've done recaps before. I have trouble shortening them. <laughs> so, I have left out loads of details in this, however. If you want a more in-depth podcast about this case in particular, uh, Case File did an episode on it, very detailed, goes through all of the evidence and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it was Case 44, if you want to check it out. Um, I highly recommend it. It was a really good one. But... A fun fact before we start. Oh, I forgot to read out my headline from the previous article. What was it? Tell us now. It was, why don't you die? Australian fights with a spider sparks police call. <laughs> Australian fights with a spider. I've never heard anything more Australian in my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Fun fact before we start. Uh, the movie Wolf Creek was inspired by this case as well as a few others that oh, happened. Oh, I've seen that movie. In the Outback. No I haven't actually in seen it, to Not be a honest. a single one, probably because there's no wolves in Australia. Are there wolves in Wolf Creek? No. Okay. What the fuck is it called Wolf Creek? Yeah, I don't know. Is there an actual creek called Wolf Creek? I don't know. Remember, there's not even a creek in Wolf Creek. Oh. Well, I assume there's not many creeks in the outback. Just lots of murder. <laughs> Look, not to give anyone any ideas, but it really is the perfect place to do it. It's fucking no one. You know what you can get away with in the outback is like testing... Um, sarin. <laughs> sarin gas, maybe dropping a little new. Well, we're not in that outback. We're in the middle outback. I looked at that station. That was almost the middle of the Almost country. the middle, but not quite. But we're talking about the actual middle. There's a big pole there actually erected billions of years before humanity that says middle of the outback. <laughs> okay. We're, we're literally talking about a road that cuts through the middle of the country. Like the direct middle. Like so running from South Australia to Darwin. I used to do security for a petrol station on that road. Yeah. <laughs> and I looked it up one day because like, where the hell is this? And it's covered in UFO and alien paraphernalia. I love it. Because it's like a... Is it near um, Pine Gap? No. Because that's sort of around that area as well. It's in the middle of nowhere, just on the freeway. I think it's in Northern Territory. And it's a known, supposedly, hotspot for UFO sightings. And so... I mean, that would make sense, It's just a gas station with a caravan park. And they're just like, well, might as well take advantage of it. We're leaning in. (laughs) Covered in UFO. It's like the whole thing's like covered in UFO graffiti and shit. We kind of call you out there, but also it's... Terrifying? No, out in the fucking middle of nowhere. It's a long drive. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, people like, a lot of people do road trips in the outback. Personally, I'm like, that's kind of terrifying because if anything goes wrong, you are fucked. I read a book about a guy who rode around Australia in a vegetable oil powered diesel motorcycle. Okay. He, did, he was doing it as like a proof of concept kind of thing. And he had a really bad accident. He like hit an emu or something. Or, Fuck me. And he had sped ahead of his van that was following him around yeah it took them like a few hours to catch up and find him fucking hell like to paint a picture of how desolate it is like there is no one like no one lives out there the i'm going to talk about it but the road that they're on like there's nothing even like it 
finding a petrol station is rare. Like you have to kind of stock up and stuff before you leave. Otherwise you might get stuck yeah. where there's, there's a no people. There's no speed limits out there. Yeah, no, there isn't. You're there's not no going to fucking hit anyone. Yeah. Like the worst you might do is hit a kangaroo and emu or something. Yeah, it's just, it's very, it's red dirt as far as the eye can see. And that's literally it. Kind of scary to think about. I think that's the reason why I wouldn't like to. It's just, it's too easy for shit to go wrong and then you're just stuck. I don't see it. Scary to me. Maybe because so many, like, of these kinds of stories come out of the outback. Imagine being (laughs) stuck in the middle of the ocean, but instead of water, it's red sand. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So, Peter Falconio was a British tourist. Falcon. You want to call him Falcon? I'm going to refer to him as Peter from now on. He was a bird. (laughs) All right. I didn't know he was a British tourist. He was a British tourist that was traveling across Australia with his girlfriend, Joanne Lees, on a working visa in 2001. They had bought a 30-year-old combi van, and after staying in Sydney for a few months, they began traveling around the country. Now, they were heading from Adelaide to Darwin, which was approximately a 31-hour drive. I looked it up on Google Maps. He's fucking long. (laughs) How far is that in distance? Well, I'm going to talk about the Stuart Highway, which is the road that goes from Adelaide to Darwin, and it is approximately 3,000 kilometers. Fucking hell. It's a long way. So the Stuart Highway, yep, it does. It runs straight from Adelaide to Darwin. It's almost 3,000 k's, and it only has 17 junctions (laughs) over 3,000 kilometers. I don't know what that is in miles. Um, You've got to halve it, roughly. It's 1,800 miles. Yeah. It's a long fucking way. So 17 junctions, this is what I'm saying about how you are fucked if anything goes wrong. Because you can be driving up that highway and not see anyone for hours, if not days. I think it's mostly used for freight, to be honest. Yeah, it would be mostly. The most vehicles you're going to see on it would be other tourists like trucks. and trucks. Yeah. They made a few stops along the way. They stopped at Kubapiti, Uluru, yep. Mount Olga. I did not know Mount Olga was a thing because I don't know how I didn't know that though. It's where the Olgas is, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't know what that was. I'm an idiot. Anyway, and they stopped in Alice Springs. For context, most people stay in Alice Springs when they go to Uluru, even though it's a five-hour drive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because that's how nothing there is around. (laughs) What are you going to do? Stay out at bloody like Papunya or Haast's Bluff? Hermansburg? I haven't heard of any of those places. Um, Hermansburg, (laughs) it's just outside of Alice Springs. It's near Pine Gap. Oh, okay. Well, rather, you drive past Pine Gap to get to Hermansburg. I wonder if that's where, like, people live for Pine Gap. Nah, they probably live in Alice Springs. Anyway, okay, so after they stopped in Alice Springs, they decided they were going to head to Devil's Marbles. So this is part of the country where um, Midnight Earl has that song. Which one? Beds are burning and they're like, from oh, yeah. kin to east to you and uh, moo. That's the part of the country they're in. Yeah. Those places are real. <laughs> and Kintor and Yundamu are really not that far apart, actually. And in between them is Nee Rippy, <laughs> which is a great name. Nee Rippy. Yeah, I guess if you don't know what Devil's Marvels are, but I, th- I think they're like one of those Marvels of the World or whatever. They're like a natural thing. They're just big fucking rocks. They're big round boulders sitting on top of other rocks. Probably quick Google had a look at. Yeah. I mean, they do look unusual, but I mean, they're essentially big rocks. So in Alice Springs, they have a yearly event called the Camel Cup. Of course they do. Camel racing? We have a lot of camels in Australia. I feel like this is something people don't know, but like we export camels to the Middle East 
We also export sand to the Middle East. I don't know who yeah. tricked them into that shit, but fucking hell. Anyway, <laughs> um, but the Camel Cup is literally a camel race. They decided to stay for that and then were going to leave afterwards in the afternoon. So it was about approximately 3 p.m. when they were leaving Alice Springs. So it's a six-hour drive from Alice Springs to Devil's Marbles. And they were hoping to stay there in their van and see the sunrise there the next morning. And then they were going to continue on to Darwin. I guess the picture is they're in the red center. There's not a lot of people around. It was very desolate. At approximately 7.30 p.m. that night, they had just passed the Barrow Creek Roadhouse, which I, from my understanding, is one of the very few, um, like, servos or service stations in the outback. And that's when they noticed headlights in their rear vision mirror. Nighttime in the outback is probably darker than I can imagine. And there are no other cars on the road. The headlines pretty much blinded Peter, who was driving at the time. And the car was a white four-wheel drive with a green canopy over the tray. It got really close to them. And then eventually, like, it was tailgating them, basically. And then it got into the lane next to them and started shouting at them that there was something wrong with their car. So Peter and Joanne pulled over to check out the car. And the man in the four-wheel drive also pulled up behind them, you would assume, to help them with the car. Because we're in the middle of nowhere. Peter got out of the car while Joanne stayed in the passenger seat and he talked to the man about what was happening in the car and the man said that he could see sparks coming out of the exhaust. Peter got Joanne to rev the vehicle so that he could see what was happening, but when she did, she heard a loud bang. Joanne initially thought it was something happening with the car, but then suddenly the man from the four-wheel drive came to her window and pointed a gun at her head. I guess the assumption is that he shot Peter. Yeah. The man got it out of the combi, tied her hands behind her back, and it was with like these weird homemade handcuffs. They were like yeah. cable ties wrapped in like um, electrical tape or like duct tape. Okay. And they were kind of like, I don't know how to describe it without showing a picture, but they were kind of like loops together and then they had yep. bigger loops for the hands. Like it, they were like, really weird. Planned. Planned, absolutely. You just don't carry that kind of thing around for no reason, right? So, yeah, he tied her hands behind her back with these homemade handcuffs and then put her under the green canvas canopy in the tray of his vehicle. So when I say a four-wheel drive, it was a ute, but it was a four-wheel drive ute. Um, pickup truck, if you're... Pickup truck, if you're American. Or just... I think the rest of the world just calls them trucks. It's only oh, Australia really? and New Zealand. Because, like, a truck like in Australia is a very different thing. Yeah, it's like a big rig. Yeah. I think... Yeah, it's really in Australia and New Zealand and New Guinea because of what happened in this history that call it utes. Okay. It's a utility truck, Yeah, I guess. Whatever. It's a truck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She has no idea what actually happened to Peter. At this point, she's still assuming the loud bang was from the car. Yeah. She has no idea what's happened to Peter, how she even really ended up in the tray of this guy's car, or like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, at that point, I reckon you'd be probably pretty scared about what they're planning to do with you, because he didn't kill her straight away. You can only imagine bad things, right? Like stuff that you probably don't want to be alive for. Now, this really is just Wolf Creek, isn't it? Wolf Creek is entirely based on this. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. When I read up about Wolf Creek, apparently it was this and a bunch of other okay. crimes that I, happened in the outbang. When I say I watched it, I was playing Counter-Strike at a friend's house, but he was watching it. <laughs> I was only partially paying attention. She's lying in the tray of the ute, and she's listening to the guy walk around. Now, he has, doesn't leave the scene straight away. He's why just, would you? Who's going to turn up? Well, I mean, that's the thing. I reckon this guy has probably done this before and had zero issue. He wasn't panicked. He wasn't, like, looking to leave straight away. So he, she could hear him walking around outside. I would assume, even though none of this is confirmed, this is just my opinion, that he was probably dealing with Peter's body. Probably. However, Peter's body never ended up in the ute. She never seen his body. I don't know. Must have been seeing if there's any good shit in their car he could take. Or that as well. So she lied there for a long time, listening to him walking around. 
And then she kind of realized that she couldn't hear any more footsteps. But the car wasn't leaving either. Mm. She made a very bold decision and ran for her life. She got out of the uh, somehow got out of the tray with her hands tied behind her back and um, ran for her life. I can't imagine how scary that would have been. Yeah, like you would. I I don't know. I, the I can't even. The thing is because it's so big, it would be hard for him to chase you at night. And the other thing is, there's no like predators out there either. Really, I mean, it's gonna I, be fucking cold, and you're gonna be lost. But well, the thing is, I feel like the decisions put before you in that situation, none of them are good. Oh no! Fuck off! I'll take a run. Obviously, you don't want to get like raped or tortured or anything. But you run out in the outback, you might not make it back. <laughs> Better than what he's gonna do. So yeah, she ran. She fell over a few times. Keep in mind, this is all with her hands tied behind her back. I don't know how the fuck she even got back up. Eventually, she hid under a bush so that she wasn't outwardly visible to the road. She could hear the guy looking for her and could even see his torch, but somehow he didn't spot her. Eventually, the actually, the guy, I, this wasn't in my notes, but the guy got his like truck and faced the headlights to where the direction she ran in trying to find her and he still didn't spot her. Mm. So, I don't know, she must have been very still and very quiet because I don't know how he didn't find her. Well, because there'd be lots of bushes and shrubs out there anyway, so she's just in the shadows of those, you're not going to pick out a person. I mean, it is, like, late and there are no lights from anywhere else, so maybe. Eventually, the man left in his vehicle, but she was afraid that he was going to come back. So she stayed hidden for five hours. That's a long time to be, like, crouched under a bush, terrified. Not knowing if this guy's going to come back and find you. You can't do anything. you just got to sit there and wait. I can't imagine, honestly, what she went through. So after five hours, she went back to the side of the road and waited to see if another vehicle would go past. Eventually, a road train. Now, I don't... Do other countries have road trains? They would. It's essentially just a big truck pulling a couple of semi-trailers. Yeah. Like, they're long and... Like you said, there's no speed limit out there, so I have no idea what kind of speed this thing was doing. I mean, they're limited by how much weight they're pulling, but yeah, it's like a big truck pulling about two or three semi-trailers. It's like a, a big rig with like loads of trailers behind it. Yeah, it's how they move big stuff to towns where there's no train lines. So yeah, eventually a road train was heading past, so she ran out into the middle of the road to try and get him to stop, but she at least had some brains and realized that they can't just stop. So she ran off the road after... She thought she got his attention and kept running alongside it as it was breaking because it took a kilometer from the first break yeah. to where they stopped. <laughs> yeah, so the road that train so. would have been driving on would be dead straight. There's no curves or anything in it. They just mm. go straight through the land. It's completely flat. You've got 50 plus tons yeah. moving at like There's 150, no way that you can 50, 200 miles an hour. It's going to take a long time to stop. Yeah. So <laughs> She um, she kept running alongside it until they did stop. And the truck driver got out and helped her. Um, and he even stopped to help her look for Peter because she was, still wasn't sure if, like, she was alone out there. She didn't know if he'd left Peter behind, what happened to him, anything like that. So they were looking for Peter, but they obviously couldn't find him. And uh, the truck driver cut her handcuffs off. And the handcuffs, ugh, this whole time. Yeah. And uh, took her back to Barra Creek Roadhouse to get help. So that's all the, like, exciting details. The rest of it is a very long story with a lot of lot of details. The investigation was kind of stupid, to be honest, and it kind of remained a bit of a mystery as to who the man was. Well, yeah, how are you gonna find? Yeah, how are you gonna find? There was also like a lot of talk about Joanne being the one that murdered Peter because people didn't buy her story. Yeah. And I'm like, can you imagine? Could you imagine going through all of that and then being accused? Personally, no, but I can see how it happened. This is just like um, what happened to. Lindsay um, Chamberlain. Yeah, pretty much. So the big 
the big questions around her was that the handcuffs she had on, initially he tied them around, like, behind her back. Yeah. When she was found, they were in front of her. And she said that what happened was is when she was lying there for five hours, she had nothing else to do. So she managed to get them under her feet by lifting her knees up as high as she could. Yeah, yeah, you see it done in movies all the time. Right. So that's what she did. That's what she spent her five hours doing Mm. so that she could run a bit better and whatever. I I think I'm too fat to be able to do that. But if you're not, (laughs) I I could do that either. I see why people would be able to do it, you know. But, um, but yeah, and there was like questions about an inappropriate t-shirt she wore because she was on TV and she was wearing a t-shirt that said cheeky monkey that somehow makes her guilty. And well, then, remember, she was a tourist here. She didn't and, probably pack clothing to be on TV in Australia. And the police took her clothes, the only clothes that she had because she couldn't, she didn't go back to the van either. So she only had one outfit, one outfit. And the police took it for evidence. So she was borrowing clothes from people. And then people criticized her choice of t-shirt that wasn't even her choice. Yeah. (laughs) I absolutely don't think that Joanne had anything to do with this and that she's completely innocent. And I totally believe her story. But there was a lot of like, I don't know, think she could have been involved. (laughs) People are stupid. So there was a police investigation, but like there was not a lot of evidence to go on. I mean, obviously the guy was long gone by the time. Like he could have been in a different state by then. So the only evidence they found was a pool of blood on the side of the road, which was later confirmed to be Peter's. Um, And despite police best efforts, what exactly happened to Peter or who his attacker was remained a mystery for nearly a year. From memory, I think the only evidence they had was the blood on the side of the road, which they knew that Peter had been at least injured. No confirmation if he was dead. Yep. But no one heard from him or seen him since then. So, <laughs> And there was the smallest amount of blood on Joanne's t-shirt. And when I say the smallest amount, it was like half a pinky nail, little stain on her shirt. Because she fought him. She didn't go with this guy without a fight. Yeah. He initially tried to tie, like, handcuff her legs as well. But she kicked and screamed so much that he just gave up. <laughs> So, like, she fought him, obviously enough to make him bleed even just a little bit, and there was a tiny little stain on her T-shirt. So they were able to get a DNA profile from that. They also found DNA on the the thing you change gears with, gear stick? Yeah. <laughs> In the car, um, because he had gotten her out of the car and then you know, parked it. So there was some DNA evidence, not enough to get a profile, but enough to be able to confirm that it was the same DNA on her shirt. Yeah. So eventually Bradley John Murdoch was arrested in August, 2002. There was like some CCTV footage of him going into a service station not far from there or in Alice Springs a few hours later. So he was definitely in the area. He also had a dog with him in his truck at the time this whole thing happened. And it was the same breed of dog. Had a white ute with a green canopy. All that stuff. So, like, he fit the description. The DNA eventually matched him. It was pretty clear it was him. However, there's some differences in opinion there. But whatever. (laughs) He was found guilty in 2005 and was sentenced to life in prison with a non-parole period of 28 years. He tried to appeal twice, once in 2006 and once in 2007, but both were rejected. He maintains his innocence. They pulled Wolf Creek out really quickly after he was convicted. Yeah, actually. It was like 2008 that came out. Oh, really? Okay. Mm. So Peter's body has never been located, ever. Not one scrap of evidence of his body. How easy is it to dump a body in the outback? And that sun is going to rot away pretty quickly too. Mm. The last update 
on his body was in 2017. A letter was received by the NT News claiming that Murdoch had cut Peter's body up and placed them in two large bags. It then claimed that an associate was asked to dissolve the remains in acid and dispose of them in Swan River in Perth, but instead they were buried in remote WA. So the claim from that letter is that the body exists in some way, but, I mean, good luck finding it in remote Western Australia. Yeah, that's a big place. It's a big place. What is it when the murder is an acid? I guess it gets rid of most of it. Yeah. Snowtown, acid. Mm-hmm. This guy, acid. Always fucking acid. Who else? Who was the famous one that used it? Was it Jeffrey Dahmer? Had the barrels of acid in his apartment? Yeah, like torsos in there. Yeah. So, yeah, e- even though, you know, there are claims of where his body is, I mean, remote Western Australia, it's a big place. You can't search all of it. I don't think that his body is ever going to be recovered, unfortunately. No. But <laughs> that was my quick recap. Right, okay. That was about half an hour. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. But so now that we have all this knowledge, I'll talk about what I actually found recently so apparently in the uk they've done like a docu-series about the peter falconio case called murder in the outback and um it recently has been airing there i have actually heard of that and someone in the documentary claimed that peter faked his own death to commit insurance fraud okay Uh, you're looking at me like you don't quite believe him no yeah, I don't buy it either, personally, but whatever. Uh, in the most recent episode, a former defense lawyer claimed that one of Peter's friends said he was capable of faking his own death and committing life insurance fraud, which makes it sound like Peter is still alive. And I mean, I guess, you know, there is no body. Mm. So I guess you can't say that it's not possible. That's definitely possible, but I don't um, buy it. I don't buy it at all, personally, but I mean, I guess you can't. As conspiracy theories go... Can't disprove it. So yeah, since the episode aired, conspiracy theorists have (laughs) gone kind of crazy with it. We're now seeing the usual thing that tends to happen when conspiracy theories come out about this kind of thing. So many people have seen Peter since he disappeared now. Oh yeah. All these people coming out and going, oh yeah, I definitely seen him in this place after he was murdered, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Why are you coming out now? He didn't look a day older than the last photo we have of him because... I don't have any proof. (laughs) I actually didn't include it because I didn't want to include these awful people's names. But, like, there's one guy and the photo is of him, like, near tears talking about it. And he's, like, convinced that him and his wife seen him in, like, a restaurant, like, six months after he was apparently murdered. And he's like, I'm 200% sure it was Peter Falconio. You can give me a lie detector test. It was definitely him. Didn't personally know him or anything. Give me money. Yeah, like, ridiculous. Give me money, I saw Bigfoot. I just love that these people never come out of the woodworks until the media is interested in it. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, then he's never come out before and been like, oh yeah, i seen him. No, 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 now suddenly that it's come up again in the news. I've definitely seen him. Besides that, how do you know it was him? Did you go up and say, are you Peter Falcone? Because people look, can look similar. Yeah, I get it all the time when I meet people, they're like, I think I've met you before. I'm like, no. That's what I mean. There's been, like, people on Twitter saying that it's something that the police should be looking into, about this whole insurance fraud thing, because it's a possibility. It's also possible aliens took them. Yeah, I know. Like, <sighs> However, the Australian police have discounted all of these suggestions because uh, that Peter had faked his own death. Um, because there was a was, big pool of blood in the outback? Yeah, Mur- uh, Murdoch was convicted based on DNA evidence. Yeah. It's not like they just pulled his name out of a hat and went, oh, well, you were in the area, yeah. you had the same kind of vehicle. And if you, you have the Wolf, same breed of dog, we're definitely Wolf arresting Creek, you. you see him kill him, so. <laughs> I don't think that's evidence. <laughs> but, like, the actual court case, the only thing they had was DNA. They had nothing else. No one else seen anything. Yeah. They had to base their whole case on DNA. So it I don't. The, it was the dog. 
Oh my God. The dog did it. <laughs> well, this um, happened in 2001. That dog's probably dead anyway, so. Oh, that's really sad. Anyway, <laughs> none, none of, actually, one of the things that she said was that the dog didn't react at all. Yeah, because the dog's fucking used to it. Exactly. You know where Peter probably went? In the dog. Ugh. Is this a Carol Baskin thing? She fucking did it. but yeah none of peter's friends have come forward to admit that they're the ones that made the claim surprising maybe maybe is it possible that the lawyer made something up for a sensationalist headline do you think money maybe the friend who made it up was peter (gasps) from within the dog oh my god (laughs) that is now also dead none of peter's friends have come forward and admitted to being the one who made the claims However, more anonymous claims have come out saying that he was known as Dodgy Pete and was known for scamming. And I'm like... Where were all those claims 20 years ago? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's that. But also, it's been so long. Wouldn't someone know something? I'm sorry, but people are generally not very good at keeping secrets. Someone knows something, if that were the case. No? Yeah. I just don't buy any of this. I mean, I can sit here and say logically, sure, it's a possibility, Without a body, it's kind of hard to to say that it is impossible, but I don't think it's very likely. I'm not sure that... I've never even heard anything about a life insurance policy when I've heard about this case before. I certainly haven't, but I bet I haven't really heard much about the case before myself. Maybe what's his name will finally confess on his deathbed. That was literally my next paragraph. Sorry. (laughs) Regardless, there's no real evidence of any of this, and I don't really understand why this would be brought up now and not when it was an active investigation or an active trial even. It just sort of seems a bit weird to me. But it is worth knowing that Murdoch still maintains he's innocent and hasn't confessed despite being diagnosed with cancer in 2019. Um, Police are still hopeful for a deathbed confession or... It's a condition of his parole. So he can't be paroled without confessing. Oh. So um, he can apply for parole in 2033. And they're kind of hoping that if he survives that long, he might confess to get out of jail. But he might just say at that point to get out of jail. He's got cancer. No, the article made prison, it sound like it's a pretty serious for 30 cancer. years and they're like, just say you did it while you're out of jail. I'm like, yeah, all right. Fuck it. The thing is, though, I think that if he confesses, he won't get out of jail. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, but I, I was wrong. Wolf Creek was made in 2005, so the same year he was convicted. Wow, okay. I mean, it was a, it was like, this story made headlines. Like, there was nowhere that you could go without seeing the story. You know, people were looking for the guy in the CCT footage and for Peter, because, again, uh, in the early stages, there was really no confirmation that he was dead. Like, he could have been keeping him somewhere for all anyone knew. Wolf Creek was based on Ivan Mallat and Bradley Murdoch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we have these, like, wild murder stories in Australia, but... We haven't even really scratched the surface on this podcast. There are there are a lot, a lot, of, a lot in Adelaide. At least John like Tarrant got a career out of it. Hmm? At least John Tarrant got a career out of it. He was on Play School before that, wasn't he? Um, he's in a lot of things. He's in a lot of weird crocodile movies as well. By the looks of it, oh, he's in Picnic at Hanging Rock. Oh, really? I haven't seen that in years. I've never seen it. I really want to go there. Hanging Rock. Yeah, it's nearby, isn't it? It's not too far from where we are. He's in Django. Turns up at the end because there's just random Australians at the end of Django. Like the um, Quentin Tarantino movie? Yeah. So that's your huge story. Yeah. I mean, I know it's a lot, but... Next time, do you want to, like, consult... When there's, like, a recap you need to do for the real story, do you want to consult me and see if we can shorten it? <laughs> I feel like your, your recap was longer than your story. I, I know, and I kind of realized that when I got to it, but the... You should have just, like, is- oh, I should have just done the bloody story. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit, but then I was kind of like, 
you have no idea how much I cut out. I cut out so much of that story and it was still insanely long. But I feel like if you didn't have context as to why people thought that he might commit insurance fraud. Yeah. It wouldn't make any sense. So I kind of had to do the recap to make the story make sense if you had no background. So I'm sorry. But I mean, it is one of Australia's like more notorious. Murders. Murders. Like it's it's up there with like the backpacker murders and stuff. Um, It's a lot of information, but I think it was relevant. And I left out all of the police investigation, which is really long and convoluted as well. I tried. I tried to cut it down. Well, there's no questions involved or to be asked at the end of my next story. Oh, it's not a mystery. It's not a mystery, but it does involve man-eaters that we know about. Crocodiles? (laughs) That was our cat leaving the room. Not crocodiles. This story takes place in New Zealand. Oh, what man-eaters are there in New Zealand? Big wet ones. Oh, whales. The sharks. Oh. Actually, as I said that, I'm like, whales don't really eat people. No, potentially. <laughs> um, they don't yeah, like us. We get lots of sharks in New Zealand, you know, being on an island. It's weird, because, like, I don't associate sharks with New Zealand. No, but they're there. Why is that, though? Like, why do you hear more about, like, Australian sharks? Because you live in Australia. But I kind of feel like that's a thing worldwide. I don't think people go on about the New Zealand sharks. No? I don't know. Less people in the water because it's fucking cold, so less chance of people being attacked. Yeah, fair. But that's exactly what happened. Now, this is going to be very familiar to you. You might have a sense of deja vu. Okay. I've mentioned this story before in response to a story you read. Man fights off shark, stitches up own leg, goes to the pub. (laughs) Oh, by uh, Francis Perudin and Agencies for the Guardian. It's a 2014 story out of New Zealand. Now, do you remember the story that I think it sounds like to yours? Um, the one who went home and had some toast? Yeah, the kid who yeah. got bitten by a shark, had some toast, went home. Yeah, as yeah. you do after you get bit by a shark. Whilst out spearfishing in New Zealand's Colac Bay, which must have been fucking freezing because it's right on the arse end of the Southern Island, junior doctor James Grant was attacked by what he believes to have been a seven-gill shark, so named because... Yeah, it's a gills. shark. Yeah, maybe that too. <laughs> it was about two meters or one one hundredth of a furlong for the Americans out there of murky water. Uh, and he felt a tug on his leg. Quote, I looked behind me to see who it was. And I got a bit of a shock. There was no one there. That's when I just scream haunted and like paddle <laughs> myself. In the ocean. Haunted fucking <laughs> ocean ghosts. No, I seriously would think that. Nor did you really see the shark. But he estimates from the bites on his leg that it was about 20 centimetres across at the jaw. So I guess every girl's right, they're not huge. They weigh about 100 kilos. Oh, only. And they're about three metres long. Oh, only. Yeah. That's nothing. Yeah. Well, he's out spearfishing. Get a spear, he'll be fine. Uh, quoting the article directly here because I love it. <clears throat> However, he felt no fear. <laughs> Quote, I thought, bugger, now I have to try and get this thing off me. So, hang on, wait, it's still attached to his leg? Yeah. Okay. It's having a few bites. It's curious. It's like, what's oh. this? So, he's standing there in two meters of water, or maybe treading it, going, oh, bugger, there's a shark on my leg. Oh, bugger. I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Already with knife in hand, he began stabbing at the shark. Oh, okay. I, I know. Oh, my, my priority. The shark stabbed him. It's only fear. <laughs> fear. Fair. Okay. I, I realize my priorities were skewed in that noise, <laughs> but still. If you want, you can look up the seven eagle shark. It's not a very nice looking animal, so. Well, that doesn't matter. It doesn't deserve to get stabbed. <laughs> I'm not sure how effective it was. I guess it let go 
So something must have happened. <laughs> I put a few nicks in it. Well, don't they reckon that if you do get bit by a shark, you'd punch like punch it the nose? Or gills, yeah. So like shock it to like let, let go? That's it. If the shark attacks you, boop its snoot. <laughs> but really hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to punch underwater though. Yeah. So not wasting time, he swam to shore. Removed the wetsuit he was wearing, which was actually a friend, so he's ruined his mate's wetsuit. Fucking hell, Grant. Friend's gonna be pissed. <laughs> Using the first aid kit he keeps in his vehicle for pig hunting. Oh god, what is- Hang on, wait, you said he was a doctor? Yeah. A doctor of what? A doctor at the hospital in Invercargill, I assume. And he's just out, like, pig hunting and shark wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not really the, like, you don't think of it in New Zealand, but the people that live in the country do go and do, like, wild shit, you know, like, mm. they're out there hunting and killing possums because they're invasive in our country. There's lots of invasive boars. You guys don't kill. have the possums we have no, here. No, we've got those fucking American things. The opossum things. Yeah. They're good, terrifying. Good coats. Terrifying. Good fur coats, though. <laughs> yeah, but they're scary to look at. At least ours are cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> One thing in Australia that's cute. <laughs> yeah, you don't pick it, but, like, your country New Zealanders are... Like, they're not like just sitting out there fucking sheep. They are like, hunting animals and dealing with pigs and shit. They're fighting crocodiles, you know. I don't know, but like, I, I guess you don't think that like a doctor would be doing that. He's just a, he lives in fucking Invercargill. What else are you going to do down there? Ah, I don't know. hunt pigs. Um, and pig, fuck, pigs are dangerous. Wild pigs are so dangerous. Oh, yeah. People are like, it's just a pig. I'm like, fuck no. No, 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 no. Like, a pig will fucking kill you. Yeah, it's like well, a- the ones here will anyway. I'm sure it's the same in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather used to hunt pigs. Then they'd eat. Aren't they like dangerous because they will literally eat anything? Not only that, they're very, they'll charge you and they've got tusks. Mm. Think about Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Pig and that, you know? Anyhow. It's even mentioned in Foot Rock Flats, which we're going to watch soon. Where was I? Stitch up his leg before he and his friends walked over to the Colac Bay Tavern. I looked. It's still like a kilometer walk from the beach to the tavern. <laughs> so it wasn't so like this guy's tough. Job. Yeah. The tavern gave him a bandage as he was dripping blood on the floor. Uh, inconvenient. <laughs> well, if you kind of come in like that. Uh, eventually, he <laughs> went to Invercargill Hospital, which is now his drive from Colac Bay. Uh, got them to finish stitching up properly. And he says, it would have been great if I had killed it because there was a fishing competition on at the Colac Bay Tavern. Oh, my God. <laughs> but That's I'm pretty grateful to still have my leg. When the stitches come out, I'll be back in the water. <sighs> my God. Do, okay, so I don't know if you actually know the answer to this, but in Australia, if someone gets bit by a shark, we go and kill a shark. Does that happen in New Zealand? I honestly don't know. I'd be interested to know. If anyone else knows, please let me know. I'm just interested. I don't agree with shark calling personally. I don't agree with that either. I think it's a fucking stupid practice, but... As far whatever. as I'm aware, no. I don't feel I, like I've ever heard of it. This is only a small bite. Like, he was clearly fine. But the shark was clearly just like, I'm hungry. Hum, no. Yeah, no. This is not what I eat. Yeah. yeah. Generally, sharks don't eat people. Just to like Eat. clear that up. Yeah. We are not their preferred food. No. <laughs> so like it's very rare for a and shark to eat someone. even that whole thing about how they can smell your blood and all this. Yes, they can, but they're not excited by it at all. Yeah. Like they're just not interested in us as a food source. And. Love octopus though. I watched <laughs> them do a test where they do that. That's how I know the blood test. Because mm. they did it with like all these different animals. And the human blood, the sharks would be like, they didn't even really react. Yeah. But they dropped like octopus blood and the shark was like, oh shit. Because, <laughs> I mean, I get it. I like octopus. Same. See, we've so. got more in common with sharks than you think, people. Come on. But yeah, I don't know. It's just a really weird practice that we do in Australia where if, yeah, a shark either severely injures or kills someone, 
we'd just go out and kill a shark. Like, we don't even know if it's the same one. We just go in that general area and kill the first one we see. We're like, yeah, we're even. Yeah, or usually more. Yeah, or more. So I don't agree with shark culling. I think it's very stupid because, um, again, don't you don't. Dumb because you've gone into their place. Exactly. Like, you're in their home. You're invading where they live. Yeah, it's, it's different to say somewhere in, like, Africa or something where they've got issues with, like, a lion. They might actually start hunting and killing people. And they've got to go out and kill one. That's yeah. different because that animal is actually hunting you. Or in like Canada where they deal with polar bears and shit. Yeah. That's different. That's coming to your area. But we're but going mean, on the beach and there's a shark. The other thing is that sharks aren't really a danger to the like general person that goes to the beach. It's usually only surfers that ever get attacked. Yeah. And surfers are well aware of that risk. I actually didn't understand that until I seen that infographic thing where it's like a human on a surfboard looks exactly like a seal, which is what they eat. Yep. So they think you're a seal. <laughs> so I just think it's a really, like, really stupid practice that we do here. I don't know why mm. we do it. It's fucking dumb. I mean, I don't like going to the beach, so it doesn't affect me in any way, but <laughs> I still think it's silly. You want one more tale for us? I do. What is your last tale? So my last story, I decided to pick this one because I thought you might appreciate it. And it is from our old mate, Phoebe Looms. Oh, Phoebe. So many of her stories. She must just get the weird shit at news.com.au. They're like, it's a weird story. Phoebe's on it. <laughs> ah, Phoebe. This show would not have made it to 26 episodes of value. <laughs> we have used a lot of her stuff. <laughs> okay, so a man in Frankston, which is in outer Melbourne. Melbourne. Oh, Let's just say Melbourne. It's in Melbourne. Fought off someone trying to rob him and steal his car by hitting them with a jar of coffee. I hope it was bad coffee. It was bad coffee. Okay, good. Um, Jason was walking to his vehicle after buying cigarettes and coffee. It was a jar of Nescafe Blend 43. Oh, Jason. Jason. <laughs> no, you don't pay for that. You just have it at work because it's To make it worse, free. he was driving a Mercedes and he's buying Nescafe. Oh, God. Nescafe, if you're not Australian, is like a really bad instant coffee brand. I don't even drink coffee and I know it's bad. Ugh. Yeah. So a guy who can afford a Mercedes is buying fucking so, Nescafe. Okay, let's just clarify things. There's no good instant coffee brand. Well, there are better ones though, right? There are, yeah. Like if I've forced... Nescafe is like bottom of the barrel. Oh, God, yeah. Like, yeah. It's down there with like international roasts and shit. Isn't like Makona and stuff a bit better? I much prefer when I'm working somewhere they do Makona instant coffee. Yeah. It is better. Um, Nescafe just looks like dirt. Yeah. Makona kind of looks a bit more, more appetizing like... as well in yeah. the jar. Uh, it is... It, it's instant like, coffee, but like... Like, barista me would be so ashamed of what it become because I drink instant coffee at work now because it's there and I mm. just, it's free and it's just something to do at work is drink the coffee. <laughs> and yeah, no, Macona's way better than Nescafe. So, <laughs> when he got close to his vehicle, he was approached by a man armed with a firearm, a gun, and he demanded Jason's keys. What would you do in that situation? Me, personally, I'd give them the fucking keys. Yeah. I, I wouldn't risk my life for a car. Sorry, wouldn't do it. Jason is not that person. Jason told the attacker that he wouldn't be handing over his keys and used the only weapon he had on hand, which was his newly purchased coffee jar, and started hitting him with it. This guy's got a gun. Well, I will say the the Nescafe coffee jar, the glass ones are pretty solid. Yeah, they're, they're solid. Out, so it's going to hurt. The attacker... I think he's backing on the fact that this guy probably doesn't actually want to kill the guy. He just yeah, the he just car. wants the car. Um, he doesn't want to kill someone over a car. And he's right, because the attacker didn't fire the gun. Instead, he used it to hit him over the head. There's probably no bullets in it. Who knows? But after Jason repeatedly hit the man with his coffee jar, the attacker ran off, realized he wasn't getting those keys. Oh, finally, something good has come from Nescafe. <laughs> Jason was pretty lucky and only suffered a minor injury to his head. 
That's the whole story. I just thought it was funny that a Melbourne guy fought off an attacker with a jar of Nescafe. You live in Melbourne. You have an expensive car. Why are you drinking shit coffee? Literally all the comments on the article were that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking capital. What, what's what's coffee, the Mercedes owner the doing buying Nescafe? You're buying fucking Nescafe. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thanks, Phoebe. Good content. I've never, yeah, I've never paid for my instant coffee in my life. I only hate drinking at work. I'm not a coffee drinker. But, I mean, Nescafe is popular. It is. I hope in time, instant coffee popularity will be declining as the older generations who drank it die out. But we'll see. Hey, even my grandmother has a coffee machine. Yeah, I know. I'm an AeroPress person myself. Although I want to get a, I want to get like a batch brewer or something instead. I'm just, I like the AeroPress. It's just so much fucking effort. (laughs) Like, I get it. I understand the appeal of instant coffee. It's easy. It's It's there, but it's just not the same. It's just not right. (laughs) The, um, the TikTok about the American woman making tea, like it's blown up online. So what she does is she gets cold water in a mug, okay. puts it in the microwave, boils it that way. Well, not really boils it, just heats it up. Hot water way. is hot water at the end of the day. I mean, I guess, but as an Australian, that's a foreign con. You don't put fucking water in the microwave to boil it. But it's probably quicker and more energy efficient. I mean, it's probably quicker. I'm not sure it's more energy efficient, but whatever. Tea jo- <laughs> kettles are one of the most energy abusive things. Though. I don't think kettles are commonplace in America, at least not electric kettles. No. So that's probably why they use a microwave for it. Anyway, so yeah, she puts her cold water in the microwave, puts the tea bag in, and then puts cold milk in it. There are so many British people online right now that are so angry about it. The only difference there is that she, she made the hot water in the microwave instead of a teapot. I don't know. I don't know enough about tea. But then she did like a follow-up one and she showed how she makes like other tea. She gets this big bowl, puts like some Lipton base in there, but then adds lemonade powder and something else. And then a cup of sugar. I'm going to make like a sweet tea or something. And then puts that in like the microwaved water. (laughs) It's fucking weird. I don't know. It seems weird to me. I don't have issues with how she's brewing her tea in terms of that first one. Yeah. Like, that's just fucking the exact same process. You just use a microwave instead of a kettle. The second drink just sounds weird. I yeah. still drink it because, you know, I'm So mean, it was just but... like this big bowl of powder that was mostly sugar that she's putting in hot water. That just sounds like weird hot Kool-Aid. I'd try <laughs> it. I don't know if you're getting good, though. But yeah, people are losing their minds over it because, like, that's not how you make tea, apparently. I don't know. When, when I was a kid, I don't drink tea, but my grandfather was a tea fiend and we had a pot that we brewed with loose leaf tea and that sat there all day and he would just drink that oh that's over brewing oh he loved it you leave the tea leaves in the whole day yep and you weren't allowed to wash the mug i either. did see the mug you've seen the mug I've it's seen the mug. disgusting i <laughs> i can understand where he's coming from it ruins the flavor apparently if you wash the mug i mean he only ever used the mug for tea yeah should preface that um one hour 24 okay so i guess i guess that's it now that we've had a rant about tea that i don't even drink <laughs> do you want to wrap it up for us wrap it up yeah so from t to tt rungy fuck yeah <laughs> like a stephen king movie feral chickens return to plague new zealand village oh my god dun 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 this is actually my longest story oh, okay <laughs> just turned out that way Lockdown may have vanquished COVID-19, but has enabled the birds to make an unwanted comeback. It's by Charlotte Graham McClay, June 10th, 2020, The Guardian. Okay. The Guardian. The story goes that in 2008, a resident, sorry, a resident of Titirangi in West Auckland released two domesticated chickens into the village that soon went rogue. 
rogues, um, cyborg chickens. They're not cyborgs. <laughs> By 2019, the number of chickens had soared. Yeah? Mm. To as many as 250. That's a lot of chickens. That's one chicken for every 17 people in Titirangi, because there's only 4,400 of them. Right, okay. Which doesn't seem too bad, actually, but you know. <laughs> Quote, a combination of being sleep-deprived and seeing the neighbourhood wrecked made some people really hate them, said Greg Presland, chair of the Waitakere Rangers Community Board. Some residents had said the chickens brought charm and character to the village. Others said it was like something out of a Stephen King movie, but did not elaborate on it further. I haven't seen, I've only really seen Carrie and It and um, Stand By Me. Mm, I haven't that, seen it, personally. I Maybe. In four chickens walking down a train line, who knows? <laughs> Chicken Phoenix there. Oh! <gasps> River chicken. Oh my god, here we go. <laughs> However, the chickens themselves were not the true plague. No? No. Instead, only its hard... I won't say harbinger, but it's harbinger. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> my own writing and I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Rats the size of cats Ugh. were eventually attracted to the area by food left out by some residents feeding the chickens. People trying to do a good thing and feed the chickens? They shouldn't be feeding the chickens. They're wild, feral animals. <laughs> I'd feed the chickens. Finally united, the townsfolks of Titiranga... Titiranga... Did I spell it wrong there? I did too. (laughs) Titirangi decided to... Decided the chickens must go. Quote, It was an extremely difficult technique because the residents had decided they wanted to get rid of them, but not to harm them. So they're not just going out there and shotgunning these chickens. You know, they're capturing them and sending them off to the farm, but not to die. Okay. No, not not like your childhood pet who went to the farm. Sorry out there for anyone who's pets on the farm. <laughs> yeah, I don't want the chickens to get shot. No. A vet checked all the chickens that were captured before sending them to live on his farm. Oh, that's nice. So Titirangi's like on the very outskirts of Auckland. The vet probably just has a farm out there. Mm. Yeah, he's keeping them on his farm now, so he's got all these fucking chickens. The capture operation was a great success, and as COVID tightened its grip on the world, only 10 birds remained. Oh, why? Oh, like out in the wild. Yeah, so in the space of a year, they've gone from 250 chickens down to 10. Okay. Which I don't know if you've ever tried to catch a chicken. It's not easy. No. It's not easy. And I have tried to catch a chicken. Lots of sharp bits. This is true. Eight of these were snatched up by the end of March, before the country of New Zealand would be strictly locked down. A move that, while controversial, would see the nation COVID-free by just June. You just wanted to, like, put that in there, didn't you? Just want to put that out there. (laughs) New Zealand fucking did it. No more coronavirus. Too bad I'm not there. Two birds remained. Capture operations would not be able to continue during the lockdown. The restrictions eased, and weeks later, Tirirangi residents emerged from their homes to find the birds were back in town. <laughs> Quote, There's a very kind-hearted local who feeds them and has kept feeding them, so their numbers have started to spike again, President said. And we're convinced that there's been at least two dumping episodes where someone's got their chickens and just dumped them in the village. Aww. That's mean. So these two chickens are breeding and other people are like, well, that village already has chickens. I'll just go throw some more in there. They're not going to (laughs) know. Whatever. Yeah, totally not going to notice. The ocean's already full of plastic. What's a bit more? (laughs) You know, that's 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 the the thinking here, right? Great. (laughs) They're determined to redouble their efforts and finish the task. However, some locals are now preferring the idea of instead sending the birds to the local frozen chicken factory. (gasps) President said the idea was becoming convincing. 
I think no. I just fed up with the chickens. They're just like, fuck these chickens, they won't fuck off. There's <laughs> just eggs all over the village they can eat? Probably not. I mean, they probably are, but you probably wouldn't want to eat them. I, this guy said he had 15 living up the road from his house, and they're all like in the, like, they make noise all throughout the night and wake everyone up super oh, early. Oh, yeah. Do you remember our place we lived in before this one? Mm. Um, halfway through the time we were living there, some, like one of our neighbors has bought chickens. Or was it at Turkey? No, it was it was like a rooster, I think. Yeah, that was weird. But they probably had chickens as well. And you just like randomly hear this fucking rooster at all times of the day. <laughs> I think it's in one of the earlier recordings. We could hear yeah. <laughs> Praiseland seeks to eradicate the chickens from the village, but fears as long as the locals continue to feed them, the chicken plague will continue. I know who it is, and I can't make a stop. I've tried. Oh, <laughs> that's so sad. Now, if I didn't know better, I'd say my grandmother's the one there feeding the chickens. <laughs> but I know for a fact she doesn't live in Titerangi, Auckland. So. But you know what? I've got relatives in Auckland, so maybe it's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> your grandma's telling them, just feed the chickens. Probably. Because, yeah, your your grandmother feeds all the cats in her area, doesn't she? You know what I should do is just do a special where I read emails my grandmother sent Oh, me. my God. They are wild. I'm like, I can't believe them when you read them out to me. I'm like, how is this happening? Why is that not just everyone's grandmother's emails to them? I mean, it might be, but my nan doesn't use email, and I'm not sure that she's ever said anything to me. One thing my nan does do, though, when she calls me is like, do you remember this person? I'm like, no, I've never heard of them in my life. She's like, oh, well, they're dead. I'm like, great. Yeah, my grandmother does that. It's happy birthday, son. Yeah, but- Grandson, sorry. Your grandmother goes on like a whole other level. (laughs) Look, it was very important I hear about all these relatives I have in America that I've never heard about before in my life who also (laughs) all happen to have the exact same first name as me and what they're doing during coronavirus- (laughs) And what their dogs think of it. <laughs> and how there's a cat up the road in a squatter's house, apparently. I mean, knowing her, probably just people who have some stuff. She was in Hyde Park in Sydney once with my mum and my sister. They were walking around at lunchtime. Yeah. And she said, look at all these useless bums pointing to the men in Armani suits sitting down eating their lunch in the park. <laughs> That's such a grandma thing to say. I don't know. Maybe I should do it. Oh, man. It's Episode just... 30, Grandma Special. Oh, man. You want some wild tales from New Zealand? They're wild tales from New Zealand. You'd have to cut them down some, though, because like, there's parts in the middle where she waffles on about nothing. You should see. She doesn't do it anymore, but her older emails used to look like GeoCities. <laughs> like, just full of fucking weird animated shit in there. Grandmas and technology. What a time. <laughs> Well, if you're not a grandma of technology, <laughs> maybe you'd like to give us a like and subscribe. <gasps> Follow us on Twitter at FunkMeDeadPod. Keep up to date on all the latest. If you don't think you'd like to send us otherwise, you can email us at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. There's a cat staring at me right now because she thinks it's feed time. She's an hour early. Pixie, you want to come up and say hello to everyone? You can find all the information and more in our website and show notes. And our website address is fuckmedeadpodcast.com. It is indeed. Oh. Pixie, do you want to say anything to the mic? No? She's like, what is happening to me? <laughs> can I get some purring in there? I actually do have a clip of Poppy purring into the microphone. I think, yeah, you've played it for me once. Yeah. Pixie, you want to get food? She's like, I want you to put me down. <laughs> where where are we up to in our... Oh, I've said all of my bit. Oh, you've said Just it? not in the normal order. Oh, okay. <laughs> Pixie. I always like envy um, podcasts when I listen to them and they've got like a structured outro. Oh, we do. I just, you've picked me to do it, so it never gets done. <laughs> no, but like, it sounds way better than what I wrote as well. 
And I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't, I, I can't do that. I just don't feel like it's our style anyway. Uh, well, yeah, thanks for listening this week. And I'm sorry that I took up so much time in the middle. Um, and uh, we'll be here the same time next week. What episode number is this? 26. My God. 26. That's, that's the second time I've said that. One episode for every year of the past 26 years. Okay. Um, we're going to go now. <laughs> you can't wave. They can't see you waving. They can feel it. No, they can't. They can feel no. <sighs> Say it. No. Say it. I won't do it. Say it. You can't make me. Say it. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> what the hell was that? I don't know. <laughs>